Mickey Knox, when did you first start thinking back? Birth. I was thrown into a flaming pit of scum, forgotten by God. <laughs> Murder? It's pure. You're the one who made it impure. You're buying and selling fear. You say, why? I say, why bother? Are you done? Then let's cut the BS and get real. Why this purity that you feel about killing? Why for Christ's sake, why? Don't lie to me! I guess, Wayne, you just got to hold that old shotgun in your hand and it comes clear like it did for me the first time. That's when I realized my one true calling in life. And what's that, Mickey? Shit, man. I'm a natural-born killer. Interrupt your regularly scheduled program for this special report. Good morning. Today is the 30th of January, 2023. Me and Ash are going to delve into the dark heart of man, the nature of evil, and our obsessions and glorification of the macabre. Murder, mayhem, madmen. All that shit. You can find the entire suite across all of humanity's history. All right, it's literally Jackson Pollock on the the walls. Right, any story um, is pretty much inherently to do with some good and force versus some evil force. Whether it's God versus Satan from the Bible, or it's the Allied forces against the Axis forces, and World War Two, or it's Big Pharma versus you know Little all the pharma. kids with cancer. Little Pharma, yeah, <laughs> definitely an obsession. I think with people, they uh, have all these documentaries now, like over glorifying it. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing. Yeah, I don't think so. Like the more you bring attention to something, the more you become programmed for that thing, right? It's like nature versus nurture. As a kid, you might not be cognizant of what your environment is and all the factors that are influencing you, but it's still happening, you know, on a subconscious level. I don't think kids should be watching that shit. Definitely not. Um, I don't think adults should be watching it either. Well, they've been watching shit since way back. Aristotle. Right. You know, I forget where he was from, Greece, I think. Uh, actually did a study wondering why they wanted to watch plays about killing their dad and falling in love with their mom. The, the, the divine comedies. Yeah, that kind of stuff, you know, murder and betrayal and all that stuff. And I guess he came up with that experiencing the dark emotions, like fear and disgust, from a comfortable distance can help us scrub them from our psyche. You think so? I definitely watch these things, you know, personally to sort of understand. Cause like when, uh, when I was younger and living in a pit of shit, I, uh, is that a song name you've made? Pit of shit. Yeah. No, but it's a good one. I probably should have. <laughs> um, born in a pit of shit. 
That's a good one. I have to keep that. Uh, you know, I used to think about ways to kill people and, and get rid of them. For sure. And Me not too. get caught. Yep. Literally, like, cut them up, feed them to alligators. So why do you um, think I applied for the SEAL program? I was like, oh, this is like the, the Microsoft Office suite of how to murder someone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Like in 101 program. Mm-hmm. Um, think about, like, finding a construction site, you know, and and cutting the arms and legs and shit off and sticking them down in the in the wall before they pour the pour the wall full. Yep. Because the lime deteriorates everything. Yeah, it's shit like that. crazy weird shit. You probably shouldn't think. But I thought about it. And uh so, you know, watching those things kinda you wanna sort of understand what could make people do that. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I think understanding uh, is very inherent to getting over something like therapy. Like you have to try to understand different points of view. And um, for Aristotle, putting that in there saying, hey, like we need to understand this when you, when you step away. You have to have like a a third party experience instead of being a first party, right? Mm-hmm. In your memory. But they also experience the depravity. Yeah, from a safe distance. Get killed or stabbed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but and and then they turn into you know it's it's a form of entertainment at that point, right? It's not yeah. just a traumatic yeah, reliving. Something different. Yeah, but they also had a lot of that crazy ultra violent ultra you ultra. know yeah. a, a, a little bit of ultra violence from a clockwork orange that was a great movie yeah uh, that was another really accurate one to this topic today yeah but like back in greece throughout history up until probably the 20th century you still had violence done to you on a alarming rate right not just like <clears throat> i got beat up outside of a bar you know what I mean? Like raiders would come into your village. They, you know, rape your wife, kill your kids, put them in slavery, uh, even worse. Right. And like gladiator, you know, there you are alone with nothing but the thoughts and memories of what happened, which are probably more painful than the physical pain that can be gone through after that time. And that was a regular occurrence in life. That's why they had standing armies. That's yeah. why history is, is pockmarked with warfare throughout. But that built a much harder individual, uh, I would argue, but we didn't have therapists back then, right? You had Aristotle. That's that's a guy. But you he's had not. Uh, the arena. Yeah, the Roman Colosseum, which is which nightmare fuel. Stick you in there with fucking lions and shit and tigers. Yeah, but I know I I've thought historically people were built different. Hashtag built different back then because of all of this atrocity that they just existed in, right? They're closer to nature. They're closer to things going wrong all the time, and they still persisted. And you'd be like, the difference between the Vietnam War vets and like the World War II vets. Vietnam War vets were finally getting, you know, therapy and stuff like that, and there was being addressed that wars terrifying and evil. Yeah. World War II, they were just all heroes, and they just didn't say anything about it, and they just yeah. carried on with their day. But we didn't have 
modern therapy and not that it's a perfect science, but you didn't have that sort of introspection back then. So we don't have a basis to compare against today. She's like, yeah, boys running around in skinny jeans and making TikToks. They'd never fucking exist back in 1100 AD fighting the Gauls. Yeah, maybe not. Probably, probably true. But this kid in skinny jeans making TikToks, like he might also do more good in his life than those people would have because they, he wasn't brought up in that same pit like of pit of shit. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it could be a natural progression better for humanity if we extrude ourselves from the pit of shit. And I think that our modern glorification with CSI crime shows and Jeffrey Dahmer is like the last vestiges trying to keep us in there because it's such a primal thing. It's mm -hmm. universal. But Paul from State Farm that's obsessed with these CSI shows, hopefully he hasn't killed anyone. You know what I mean? He hasn't gone through all of this. So it's yeah. like, it, it's weird when Aristotle says, yeah, us people who have experienced this, this is our way of dealing with it. Someone who hasn't experienced it, then they fucking love that shit. They, you have yeah, it could definitely be dangerous. Stay at home moms who watch shows about killing their husbands for like yeah. ten years straight. Mm. That, yeah, I'd be alarmed if I saw it. My history as a as a husband. Um. Well, my daughter watches these things, like a lot of them, you know. And uh, so on the way over here, I, like woke her up because you know I'm like, hey, I need something. You know, she's like, what? And I was like. Uh, you know why you watch all these fucking weirdo shows, you know, because this is what the topic is. She's like, oh, that's interesting. So I had her text it to me um, why she watches it. So she says, I think it's the psychology behind it, like what made people do the things they did. It's a morbid curiosity. It's just interesting to me, trying to understand the motives behind people's actions. It's like when people drive slow by a car accident. Watching the documentary, it's a simple way to explore a darker side of the world. It's informative, but I get to watch it from home, if that makes sense. Yeah. That was her take on it. It's kind of like reassuring. She, I didn't even tell her about the Aristotle. Mm -hmm. That's just her own. I just asked her the question and let her write. Right. And I think she's right. But I also think, just like anything else, religion or anything, too much is bad. Um, if you're sitting in your house by yourself all the time, watching fucking CSI and murder mysteries, and you know, they're made to be entertaining, but does that entertainment now become... Yeah, it can form delusion. Does it, does it grow? Yeah. That's yeah. the question, you know, and it kind of makes me think of like um, that movie, Quentin Tarantino, Oliver Stone, uh, Natural Born Killers. Like, I love that movie. It's visually awesome. And it's very experimental, which I actually learned that like the term serial killer mm -hmm. was created by, uh, or not created, but like coined, coined or started by uh, an FBI guy. Uh, his name was uh, Robert Ressler. He's like the guy that caught Dahmer. Okay. Yeah. And uh, the guy that caught John Wayne Gacy. So he he had clout. It was coined because he was well, yeah, that he, guy. He, yeah, he started that term, catching those guys. You know, you um, think you think those guys were ever scared of him? Uh, Agent I, I, Wrestler is gonna get me. I don't think they knew who he was until he was on their doorstep. Now I think Dahmer 
wasn't scared of shit. He was a weird dude. Man. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think Gacy was a, uh, what's that when you like think that you're smarter than everyone? Like a, or better? Yeah, superiority complex. It's this guy, like a narcissist sort of. Yeah. I think he was so narcissistic that uh, he thought he couldn't be caught. And then when he filled his fucking under crawl space with bodies and didn't have any more room, then he started to panic and then he was scared. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think sort of like the killer clown craze comes from him. You know, there's a lot of stories and movies, books and characters. And then real life events. Like we had the, the rash of scary clowns down here in Florida. That shit don't scare me. Like if you kind of going to dress up like a clown and try to fuck with me, that's not a good idea. You done goofed. Clowned around too hard. You clowned a little too much and you got fucking dealt with. Yeah. Know? Well, see, that's us understanding, like, <clears throat> the the fad nature of it. If you had no context for it and you saw that shit back in the 70s oh, or yeah, 80s. Well, that, especially ones with, like, teeth and shit. It was, like, freaky. But I would just shoot them. But even if, you know, I'm not going to fuck around people. You know, I'm too old and too tired and I don't feel like it. I don't want to fight. You know, pull my gun out and be like, you're going to die, clown. <laughs> you know, I don't want to fuck with these people, man. Like, go fuck with somebody else. Leave me alone, you know. Uh, but he said something about primal. Uh, I forget what it was, but, like, I think it is a primal instinct to look at terrible things. You know, you like looking at something and it's happening in front of you or on the TV and you're, or your video or whatever. Oh, like appalled by it, but right. you can't stop looking at it. Yeah, not yeah. being able to look away from the train wreck while it's, it's happening. It's like amazing to you, but at the same time, it's like appalling. Just like, oh my God, look what is happening. Like the world's collapsing around you. You're just sitting there like, wow. <laughs> you know? I think that's a primal instinct. I don't know what that is, but it <clears throat> sucks. It does. So, I mean, I have a short attention span for the most part. So I'm like, oh yeah, that guy's going to and then I just keep it moving. Mm -hmm. But most people don't. You know, that's why you have, like, a traffic car accident on one side of your state. And then the whole other side is, like, going slow as shit, too. And you're like, we're stopping for this. It's not even on the same side of the road. Right. Oh, you know. But, you know, I think, uh, like Aristotle was saying, it's like a, a way of getting close to your mortal fear without having to experience the pain for most people. If you think like, so I'm, I'm, I'm a man of science, evolutionist, right? Mm. By and large. Um, you personally? Yeah, me personally. If anything, I believe closest to like Spinoza's God, not an uh, actual conscious deity with a personality, but just divinity in the inherent nature of reality, right? The fact that everything works, yay, praise unto whatever like intelligent design that uh, spawned that, if any. But I, I believe in evolution, so... Most of the things that we think that we do believe, uh, how we behave, generally comes from some sort of adaptation that's beneficial, right? Like, we get lonely. Okay, that sucks. That encourages us to go seek out other people because there's power and, you know, safety in numbers, power in groups, right? It's right. way of civilization. So I wonder what the that little nugget, that kernel of evolutionary adaptation is that we just are obsessed with death and like despair 
yeah, I, um, maybe as just a, a learning point. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know, but it's definitely a thing. You know, I think maybe that that could be part of it. It's like we're able to learn lessons, not experiencing them. Right? Yeah, we can see maybe. something. See, oh, that tribe put their uh, houses too close to the river, and they got flooded out in the yeah, storm. So don't, do don't do that. Right. I think that's what he means when he says, like, experiencing fear and disgust without being part of it. Like, you know, you visual, like you can watch a movie, you know, or, or a show and be scared or disgusted or whatever, you know. Like I was watching The Walking Dead. Fucking Maggie's trying to fight her way out with this like big ass dude and like he's beating her ass. And I'm like, come on, girl, don't give up. Stab him in the balls. Grab a stick and twist it. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah. Twist that dick. Yeah. But you know, I'm like, please don't die. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then she ended up fucking stabbing him and killing him. And living, but she was all beat up and shit. You can like experience you know, especially if it's done well in the movie, you kind of like interject yourself into it. And if it's real life, well, you know, I know people that were in the military. You know, we know Gary, and like mm-hmm. he was in some shit, and he's dealing with it well, but like sometimes he's not. You know, been there for that. Just like start crying for no reason. Mm-hmm. He had to kill kids, you know. So it's a fucked up thing, you know. I mean, you can see it in movies and shit, but until you experience it, that's that's not really part of it. Right. You can feel the, the emotion that's supposed to be presented in the show or the movie. Then it's over. There's no real analog. You know, so for somebody like Gary, he experienced it in real life. Now he has nightmares about it. It's consistently there. It's always there. Mm-hmm. We don't have to deal with that. We can watch a documentary and try to understand it. Maybe you do understand it a little more than you did before, but you weren't there for it. And, like, if you've ever been attacked, that shit's scary, man. You know, especially when it's some grown-ass man that's way fucking bigger than you. Right. Attacking you. You've seen this man destroy, like, six people in the street, in the ghetto, you know? And now he's... Like he's knocking grown men out. Now he's using them same hands to beat you to death. You know, yeah. so it's scary. You know, I mean, I've experienced being close to death at least once, and I accepted death. Accepting death sucks, you know, but it definitely uh, makes you realize that life is important. Did you send out love you cards to all your friends and family afterwards? No, maybe like thirteen, fourteen. Oh, okay. So, you know, once you're in there and, and you think you're going to die, you know, you're fighting against, because that's human nature to yeah. fight against dying. To not go quietly into the darkness. Yeah, once you give up, you've given up. It's like a life-changing experience. You know, you're like, you know, this is it, you know. But you can feel that without experiencing it through these movies, these shows, these books even, you know. Like, even books might be even more, because... When you're reading it, your mind is creating it. And it's not someone else's interpretation. It's your interpretation of it. Right. And it can be very visual while you read it. You know, you know that. You read a lot. So 
I think being scared is uh, something that people don't like. You know, like mortal fear is a horrible thing. And it, it drives a lot of different things. Almost everything we do. It's I think it takes, um, it's either neck and neck with greed or it's uh, just behind greed. Yeah. It, uh, then you tend to fear what you don't understand. Right. Which I think is, is why people create these things and why people want to watch them because they want to understand it and not be scared of it. But fear isn't always unhealthy. No. Fear is a uh, necessity. Again, that's evolutionary adaptation. Like It's there for a reason because mm-hmm. you get fear and it says, hey, back away from this before you get pain. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I also think when you're when you're really scared of something, um, anger can cover your fear. Does that yeah, make sense? False bravado. Well, it, it will either you get that flight or fight, you know. <clears throat> so your hands get cold because all the blood runs out of them. Yep. So you can do more damage without hurting yourself. Your legs get all big and pumped up, full of blood, so you can run. Your adrenaline starts pumping, so you're like able to fight longer yeah or run longer you know i've been really scared where i could i ran and i seemed like i could run fast as fuck for like miles and i was out of shape as shit you know yeah till the adrenaline world and then i was like fuck this you know and i've also been in fights where the adrenaline's pumping and you're like the incredible hulk just wrecking through things Mm -hmm. destroying everything in your path you don't even realize it. You know, it, fear can either you know debilitate you or make you rise to the occasion and be stronger for it, to where you're like unstoppable. Almost, you know. Yeah, moms lifting cars off the kids. Lifting cars, you know, fucking crazy shit. You know, um, but anger covers your fear. So if you're someone who's unstable or been through a lot of shit. However you were created. Now, if you're scared all the time, you know, a lot of people are just scared all the time. So that can manifest into anger to cover it up to your psychology or your psyche or whatever you want to call it. It can uh, mask the fear with anger to protect yourself. I've watched so many serial killer movies and read so many books, and mainly because I was like trying to write my own story. Mm-hmm. Like, not me personal story, but, like, a story about a serial killer and shit like that. So I wanted to kind of understand different aspects of different things. Try to use it for the story, but I think that's one of them. Is, in my book, the character was born in the pit of shit and uh, severely abused. Mother kills himself in front of her. You know, all the way from birth to death. This dude, and I wanted you to feel sorry for him. I'm not done with it because life, but you know, um, I wanted you to feel sorry for him. So, and I I, I achieved that because I let my wife read it. She reads all the time. She's like, it feels too bad for him, but you don't even like, he's killing people. And you're like, oh, he's so, I'm so sorry for him. You know, that's what I wanted. But, you know, from the earliest memory, he's like beaten half to death and shoved in the closet. Till you know, he beat till he pissed his pants and he shoved in the closet for two days when he was like three or something. So um, then, do you think this is a way for you to process some of your own 
trauma. I think there's a lot of shit in that story that really happened. You know, and that was one of them. Yeah, so this is this is a way, like, the dramas. You're writing it, a drama. It's kind of like uh, that movie with Jim Carrey, number 23. Right. Where he, like, changed the the names. to, But it was actually a lot of yeah. things that happened. I just took them and over-exaggerated some of them. But there's a lot in there that's absolutely real. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I let my son read some about the dog. There was a thing that happened with the dog. And then the dad killed the dog. But like that was so traumatic because it really happened. And it was like hard to write. You know, when I was writing this, I'm like, you know, I'm clicking along, clicking, right, 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 right. You get into the zone and, and you're in there again now, you know? Yeah. And uh, I like had to stop. Take a couple breaths. Fuck. That was a bad memory, you know? But, you know, I think that the fear that you grow up in, or whatever you're experiencing, the anger covers it. And your mind can create things that that aren't there, you know? And other people, you know, there's schizophrenic people, there's multiple personality things, PTSD where you're, like, back in in the war from, from a firework. You know, there's an episode of like Criminal Minds where the veteran, you know, uh, he was homeless or something. Something set him off. And now he thought he was in war again. And he's like killing people to survive, he thinks. Right. You're in the city and it's not really in war. Yeah. So, you know, you can have a mental break. I don't know if serial killers have that or if they're just born that way. I think some people are just born that way. So you think there's a... uh... Like a genetic code for evil? Uh, if we were to break down the whole genome, do you think at one point we'll be able to identify like these four genes, these sequences are present I, I, I in all think certain films? people, you know, everyone's born with terrible capabilities. You're born to be a hero or a villain. You know, you're born to be capable of great things or terrible things or great, terrible things, right. you know. Um, Voldemort, you know, was great things, but terrible things. Um, Dahmer, I think, was born that way, with slight nudges, you know. Like, I watched the show, and he was way more fucked up than I ever thought. Um, smart, really smart, but I think some things pushed him that way. Um, he had severe abandonment issues, you know, like his mom and his dad just, like, left him. Teenager, he's mm-hmm. drinking beer and hanging out in his house by himself all the time. You know, loneliness is horrible. You know, it, it, that's why. Uh, what is it? Um, when you're out in, in prison, you get uh, isolation, right? Yeah. It's sort of like an extreme punishment because it's extremely shitty. No, yeah. you know, I, I think uh, he he was like killing animals, which I guess is a tell sign. Uh, a lot of people say that like domination is is driven by this. You know, uh, they start out dem- you know dominating animals, traverses over to people. Yeah. So you know, he was like torturing animals. He had this like weird obsession with like uh, dead things, and he was like, uh, "What's it called when you stuff shit?" Taxidermy. Yeah, he was like a taxidermist, and his dad like showed him how to do it. So he's like finding roadkill. And making this stuff, it's already like half rotten, weird. 
but you know, like if his parents would have stayed, maybe he wouldn't have been so, you know, abandoned problems. It's like the reason he was killing these men is, you know, he they would try to leave. Mm-hmm. And he didn't want them to leave so bad that he killed them, kept them in his bed until they started rotting and put them in a barrel. Right. And uh, just a lot of fucked up shit, you know. Um, I think that you're either born that way or your environment can create you to be that way. Yeah, I think uh, the killing joke <clears throat> or Joker uh, kidnaps Robin, beats her to death with a crowbar in some warehouse, and Batman loses shit and like kills the Joker. And then he's. Uh, his theory was that Batman was always just one bad day away from going over the edge. And I feel mm-hmm. like the stresses of our environment keep us kind of redlining there a lot. Yeah. I think uh, the bad part of this would be like it's desensitizing, you know, out of the gate. You're just kind of like, oh, I saw that on Decker now. Or whatever, you know. It like, it brings light to it and you're kind of like trying to understand it, but then at the same time, like, it's like a war veteran, you know, when they first go in, they're all scared. Like, oh, my God, this is terrible. And then that guy that's been in four or five times, and done four tours or whatever, you know, he's like a hardened fucking, like, yeah, I've seen people get blown up. Who cares? Yeah. You're just like running past people while they're exploding. You know, it kind of desensitizes you to it, especially in kids. Don't let your kids watch until they're like adult age, 17, maybe. You know, I let my son watch it. You know, he's still watching like cartoons and stuff. Right. Um, maybe when he gets older, I'll let him watch. It. Me, he watches like Walking Dead and stuff. That's for the most part fiction. Right. Um, it's like cartoonified to to some degree. Yeah, it's, you know, zombies ain't real at this point in time. So I think that the media makes it worse. You know. Yeah, that's why you're. You know, six o'clock news is always shootings and robberies and, and shit like that. Yeah, because that's interesting to people. Yeah. In the morning, they always have, oh, new charity opens up over here. You know, there's a new Starbucks on the corner, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But in the evening, it's all the fear mongering. Well, it's to keep you uh, asleep. Yeah. Keep you scared, in my opinion. That's what they do to keep you scared. Fear is a tool. But, like, the media sort of distorts our value system, if that makes sense. Yeah, you, know, you have your values, sure. and they're always, you know, the, the insurrection or this this riot or this this that this that. It makes you afraid if you believe in it, you know. And a lot of people they don't click on it or they don't read the actual article. They just look at the headline and believe it, which is bad. Yeah, clickbait is a is a whole topic unto itself, but that's been before the the term was coined. That's been applicable. Like TV, the news, tabloids, media, you know, they're important to people. And the scale of importance is uh, is measured on how famous you are. You know, so all these stories, things, documentaries, like now they've made them famous. And now people want to be famous. So they... Uh, you think that's going to lead to copycat killers? And I mean, it already has. Inspiration. You know, it already has. Like, there's been a lot of copycat killers in the world. Like, uh, Fight Nothing's Club. original anymore. No, not really. Like, uh, Fight Club, you know, Tyler Durden. I refer to this movie a lot because it's extremely important to me. Iconic. It is, and, and there's a lot of things in there that, like, really make you think. You know, but he said, uh, 
We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars, but we won't. And we're slowly learning that fact, you know? So. Wait, wait, wait. You didn't finish it. And we're angry. No, that wasn't on that part. But yeah, you know, they're angry about it. Yeah. So in that movie, they started a quotations revolution and Project Mayhem and they were basically domestic terrorists, you know. But the quote itself is important because it's true. You know, you're made out to think like you can do whatever you want, be whatever you want. I want to be a serial killer, mommy. Yeah, even well, that. Great. Let's uh, let's work on that Oedipus complex, son. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, when killers have the same status as as movie stars, that's bad. You know, that creates a whole society of, of kids that want to be famous. Yeah. See, that's that's the easy way out, right? Your name could be remembered. Yeah. Might be easy to go kidnap a couple women from the back there. You know. Vans outside of Target, bring them home, chain them up, mutilate them, kill them over a couple months, and then get found out by the end of the year. And uh, yeah, you could be your own Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, not great, not how I'd want to be remembered, but yeah. it is a a slice of immortality in the cultural conscience. And they study you forever. Yeah, you know, you're in a how, textbook. When was when was Dahmer and Gacy in the seventies? Yeah, still talking about. Yeah, they make movies based on you, like Leatherface and Psycho, Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. It was all based on one guy, Ed Gein. Mm -hmm. He, like, skinned people and made suits and and clothes out of them. Don't forget uh, Joe Dirt. (laughs) Joe Dirt, yeah. He made, like, lampshades. He had, like, a woman's suit. And uh, he was, like, trying to recreate his mother. They're like a mother complex, extreme isolation, farm boy. So at some point, the um, there is a distinct separation of like empathy, right? The empathic human part. Like we go see your neighbor struggling through something, right? They're about to, to lose their house or whatever it is. You, you empathize because you've experienced you know something akin to that, whether you personally or you know someone close to you. It's like walking in their shoes. You're able to sympathize and, and empathize and get that that same suite of emotions. Um, I don't think they, they have that. They start to reduce people to objects, right? The domination, right? You're not on the same level as me. I'm an apex predator, right? In their mind, whether or not they think that specific term, but that's what it is, right? They exist outside of the confines of society, outside of what the human... Uh, expectation is and that's why you can turn someone into a lampshade because they weren't a person they weren't as good as you they weren't as capable or or whatever it is i think that at some point um we we created that distinction a lot differently because like historically yeah your husband had to go off to fight in you know the carpathian wars or whatever for four years and then come back it's like yeah this man has literally run his sword through someone, mm-hmm. right? Watch the life go from their eyes over and over. Seen his, you know, best friend who grew up within the town, you know, get trampled to death by a horse right next to him. It's like, right. you, you bring that back when you talk about like PTSD and soldiers and, and battle who have become conditioned to it. I don't think that 
they then become serial killers, right? Like, no, not usually. Right. Uh, and if, like, in that CSI episode, like, that was an accident, right? That was triggered by PTSD, right. undiagnosed, untreated, so on and so forth. Um, but they were still able to be whole, empathic individuals. And, uh, like I said, a lot of people who know how to fight, who are familiar with combat, they don't want it, they don't seek it. Mm. It's not, um, entertaining them they don't get the same thrill it's it's a painful thing you know or they're just desensitized to it for that time but you got to turn that switch on and off but i think these these serial killers and uh these just really evil at heart people whether it is genetic or not and it makes that switch easier to turn on or off or maybe this shit never really turned on for them you know growing up you weren't hooked enough as a kid you know now you're axing your neighbor in the head there's there's this gulf, right? They, they don't have that wholeness. There is something missing, uh, that empathy. Yeah, I don't think they have that at all. Um, do you think empathy is a gene? Is a gene? Yeah, like, like do you think there's, there's some genetic coding for being able to empathize? I mean, their brain just doesn't work that way. It can't. I don't think that it does. Um, you know, they wanted to study Dahmer's brain, which dad didn't let them, but they say that like psychopaths can't feel emotion. Right. And he was extremely unemotional. And, you know, the difference between like psychopath and sociopath. Like Ted Bundy was a sociopath. Uh, I don't really know, you know, I'm not an expert, but uh, I definitely, me personally, I have it. I, I can empathize with people, but it's not a common thing. If that makes sense. Right. I think uh, a lot of experiences that I have kind of made it to where I don't want to, you know. So I do feel bad for people here and there, you know, but like to feel bad for someone that I don't know and and do anything about it, probably not going to happen. You know, my friends do whatever they need, but, you know, I don't, I don't know if it's a switch you can turn on or off. Me personally, I think that I used to be more empathetic when I was younger. And when people betray you or your empathy or use you for it, and then you're uh, kind of like beaten down by it, you know, and you uh, just don't use it anymore. I think it can definitely be taken away from you. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anything that has been given can be taken. So the uh, DSM, like Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, they put psychopaths and sociopaths under antisocial personality disorder, which I think is kind of, you know, you could argue this way or that about whether or not it's bullshit or like... I think it's real. Well, yeah, no, I don't mean that. I mean, taking the the phrase and changing to something more medical, right? Mm -hmm. So we think of psychopath, sociopath as like this kind of like catchy, you know what I mean? It's been instituted in culture and that's like our go-to term. That's why we're still using it right now, even though this DSM has been out for like years. Um, that kind of stops studying that should, should know the new stuff. Everything changes all the time. But yeah. But then again, psychology, sociology is not a perfect science. Nothing, nothing really ever is. And, uh, you know, they're always, always learning. Um, but to reduce it, something to like 
just strictly medical. We think about alcoholics and now alcoholism is, is listed as a disease, right? Yeah. But historically, we just like, yeah, he's just a fucking bastard alcoholic, right? Beats his wife, you know, drunkard, useless, never no, shows up. Yeah. And then we think of the same thing with like sociopath, psychopath, right? It was just a, a stigma, right? Um, and now it's listed more as just like a medical condition, which to be fair, it is for sure. I think yeah, there I is think. a biological component to sociopaths. I think sociopaths. some people are born that way mm-hmm. and other people are created. I think uh, chaos is its own character. Does that make sense? Chaos is its own character. Like, there's all kinds of things about chaos. You know, the chaos theory, you know, like the Joker. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at him, the movie with Joaquin Phoenix. He was a really nice guy. And, uh, I mean, he might have had some kind of mental problem, but it wasn't homicidal. Yeah, know? he wasn't, at least in that film, he <clears throat> wasn't a sociopath or a psychopath. Like, he had, he had empathy. Um, yeah, for every yeah. and like he was an extremely nice guy, you know. And then society beat him down, fucked with him, made fun of him, you know, um, stole his fucking sign, the kids, and then beat him up with it. And he lived in poverty, and his mother was sick, and you know, you watch all these elites on the news and all that kind of shit, and it, he just snapped. I think sometimes people just snap, controlling your emotions all the time extremely hard especially for a man you know uh, women are allowed to be emotional men nowadays it's more of a thing but like when I was younger weren't allowed to be emotional you know if you were emotional you were soft you were pansy yeah for sure so this societal construct breaking you down you know in that movie he fucking snapped and then he shot those Wall Street guys on the train because they were fucking and then got a little taste of what it's like to push back and not be beaten down, not be the victim. And then he took it to an extreme, you know. I talk about balance a lot. And uh, you have to be balanced as a man, you know. I think that's why I like martial arts and stuff are important. Because they teach you balance. No, oh, yeah. It's integral. <clears throat> um, kind of teaches you the balance between physical and emotional. And how to control both. You know, so people that don't have that, now you get a little taste of masculinity or or not being the victim or, or being the predator or being whatever you want to call it. You get a little taste of it. Now you want more. It's like a drug. And I think some of these obsession with the macabre can be like a drug because they're everywhere, fucking everywhere, you know? Uh, yeah. Narcissism at its at its root. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think I'm a narcissist. I try real hard not to be. If I am, my dad was a narcissist real bad and everything was about him. I don't like to be that way. Uh, I try to listen to people when they talk, uh, especially if, you know, you we had that one episode where the comedic, you know, you fast fucks and all that shit. Right, yeah, yeah. About men making fun of each other, you know. But when it comes down to it, you start out that way. But when you see somebody really going through some shit, you're like, hey, man, you know, let's talk about 
and then you put that jokey shit aside, you really listen. And that's important. I think that people are so absorbed in their own bullshit that they don't want to listen up. No. You know, they don't want to hear other people's problems or try to help them. I think empathy is dying. Let's say uh, it's it's like a trap. You know what I mean? If you open up, you ask someone, you know, uh, every day you pass someone across the street. You know, hey, how's it going? Oh, hey, how you doing? Oh, good, good. Yeah, yeah. You're not actually going to talk to that person. <laughs> you know, there's there's plenty of jokes about stopping and actually discussing. Oh, well, you know, I actually have a flat tire day and um, my dog's sick. Oh, i got to go yeah. to the vet, but I couldn't. It's like, hey, you know, I don't, I don't hear all that bullshit. But, yeah. I think a part of that problem is there, like, people would fit time. Mm-hmm. The time is important. And, you know, I'd love to help. I, I still help people with flat tires and shit. Hundreds of people passing. I'm the one that stops. Yeah. And I'm you gotta like, make time. I'm the most <laughs> unhumanitarian person on the planet. You know, I don't really like people, um, for the most part. I'm, uh, Almost to the point in life where I have a hatred for humanity. Almost. I'm like, I'm that one bad day away. Mm-hmm. But when I see people struggling, it's just in my nature to try to stop their struggling. I don't know why. It's just ingrained. Well, you know? I mean, even rats have been shown to display empathy when it has no benefit to them. I don't know if it's empathy for me. I think it might be, but Fuck, that sucks. Let me uh, try to help that person. You know, I guess it is. That's that's the definition. Right? Yeah. You know, I, I don't feel any different. I just don't want to be. I wouldn't want to be that person. So, hundreds of people driving by, and I'm stuck there. You know, I'm like, fuck, let me help this guy. But it's a dick. Everybody else is a dick. Let yeah. me help. You know, and there, it, it takes me a few minutes to do it. Real I'm big like, fish, everyone else is an asshole. I'm like, really? Like, everybody's just going to drive by home and their own? What the fuck? Another one? Yeah, but see, like, that's... Uh, another one? Even Probably still, that's, that's easy, right? <clears throat> it's easy to stop over and, like, help dude change his tire or woman, whatever. But when it's, you know, kind of close friends or family members you don't talk to regularly, and you start to ask them, oh, what's really going on? And they open up to you, and it's it's a <clears throat> big problem that you could help with, but it would take time. It would take resources. It would take emotional investment. It would take, you know, just listening to them for not just this five minute conversation, but like a lot to go through that with them. Not a lot of people are able to do that. And I think that at some point we have, we have a lot of individuals who display narcissism to the nth degree. And this goes beyond serial killers this isn't the shock factor thing just the nature of kind of our capitalist society now you have ceos and shit like that that have this extreme power right but they at the fundamental level right they're not listening to the stories right they're not enabling themselves to be affected by empathy of people in positions lower than them so you have corporations like you know Nike who are making shoes based off of you know sweatshops in the Philippines and shit like that. It's like there's actual suffering you are profiting from. Yeah. Every second your bank account is shooting up by tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, that's wrong. It's it's wrong. You do this, you say like, oh, 
we had uh, blood diamonds. Like, oh, people, many killed get these uh, bougie diamonds. Don't go to Zales because they sell blood diamonds. It's like, okay, great. It's not just the diamonds. That's like, that's the, the flashy uh, thing that's going to catch your eye in, in the media about it, right? But the foundation is that there are so many structures, organizations of society that are veritably run by, you know, who might as well be serial killers because they're slowly killing those that have kept them afloat and put them up to you know, the highest tiers of, of society and um, wealth. Yeah, and if you die, they just replace you with someone else to do it over again. Yeah, just a cog in a machine. No empathy at all. There's uh, more than just bougie shit, though. You know, there's more like you know, like Teslas and batteries. That fucking ion shit is like hard to mine. Yeah, it's got so many fucking like, kids and shit in Africa like, mining it. Yeah, the um, it's terrible. The Congo in South Africa is <clears throat> rife with lithium. Uh, and so they they strip mine. They don't care about the populations. Um, you know, there's like dudes out there with AK-47s making them do it. You know, it's terrible. People are like, oh, my electric car is so good for the earth. Well, what about the motherfucker that had to get it out of the ground? Nobody thinks about that shit. You nope. know, that's a different story altogether. <clears throat> so I think that we we all we don't have to exemplify evil to the point of like you know killing random folks and burying them in our mattress and shit, but just by virtue of us not stepping in, right? The uh the uh the greatest, you know, evil of all is like the inaction of good men. Right. Mm-hmm. And so we are all complicit to the ninety nine percent of what goes on in our daily lives. Like if we really stopped, sat down, looked, right? Ignorance is bliss. If we looked mm-hmm. and saw it's not happening to us, right? It's happening to some kids over in Africa. Nobody wants to look. No. They just want to drive their fancy shit and wear their fancy clothes. But we're so far divorced. Like, how is this kid starving and being beaten in a lithium mine in Africa affecting you? Well, it's not. Unless you let it. Well, I mean, it is. You just don't look at it. It's like driving by a car accident and just keeping your eyes straight. Yeah. Yeah, but you have... It is up to you. It's the responsibility of you as like a human being to open your eyes and, and take a stance, right? There's so many like hashtag me too movements and stuff like that, you know, stand for blah, 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 just for Brittany. But how many people <laughs> actually do something about it? I think that that's all, uh, all those things that you just mentioned. I think that that's just people wanting to be part of it. You know, like, oh, you know, me too, I feel your pain, and all this stuff, you know, um, but nobody actually does anything. That's part of the problem. Um, sort of kind of get back on the serial killer, madman thing, and like, like Ted Bundy, you know, he killed all them girls, and like, so he would kill them, and then have sex with their bodies, like, after they were dead, like, while they were still warm. Ne- necrophilia. At least they weren't cold. You know, there was that one episode of uh, CSI or something where the dude was a necrophiliac. Uh, the main 
investigator had to ask him a bunch of questions. He's like, come on, man. I'm not the only one that wants to crack open a cold one. That was like, Bleh. you know, but anyway, like Ted Bundy, it was the first time that, you know, because he defended himself. He was real smart. He was real charismatic. He got off a bunch of times because he was like really fucking smart and lawyers and shit. And, uh, but it was the first time that it was, you know, a trial like that was televised. So now the trial became, you know, this was basically, it was the first time that murder was made into entertainment. People were glued to that shit. Yeah. I forget when it was. I think it was in the 80s, early 80s, maybe late 70s. But people were like glued to the TV looking at this trial, you know? And uh, then you got like the O.J. Simpson trial. Yeah, I was just going to say that. You know? And it went on for fucking ever. It was another, which he got away with. I mean, I don't know if he did it or not. I don't really care, but he probably did. He got away with it. Um, therein, I think class and money matters when you're a serial killer. Like, there's probably somewhere in the world right now some rich-ass serial killer, some hostile situation. You know, the movie Hostile. Well, it doesn't even have to be serial killing. That's that's like a, a thing, but there's plenty of other sexual assaults that happen. Mm, you know, Epstein slow. Island and shit like that. Yeah, there's all that kind of crap in the world. And nobody wants to do nothing. And they want to like hide it from the world. You know? Oh, yeah. Epstein didn't hang himself. No, he didn't. That's another episode. And then when you start to bring light to it, they want to try to cover it up because they're all involved in it. You know? It's just insane to me. But yeah, I mean, the media created this. There wasn't any. There might have been books on this, you know, to like scientific books or like medical right. study books, but there wasn't like shows and documentaries and shit like there is now. Well, for the most part, anyone like this would either just be uh, before like lenient judicial punishment you know they just electrocuted them they just killed them right firing squad whatever it was Mm -hmm. uh poisoned them there wasn't much to do about glorifying them they were just like jack the ripper became a sort of urban legend because he got away with it so that was like probably the first or one of the first documented times of like this being intriguing right being in the social um sphere and brought up all the time but like any anyone who was doing these things, if they weren't just sent to prison because they didn't care about, you know, psychology, it was just like a bad guy did a bad thing, put him in prison, kill him. Or if they're really fucking weird and he did get to trial and they realize, oh, this dude's not there in his head, right? He's insane. Boom. Put him in the sanitarium with all the other crazies. Mm. Lobotomize him if we have to. All right, but that was the dark side that no one ever saw you know stick in the sanitarium forget about them i think that's part of wanting to understand it. academics psychologists they want to study this so that's why they don't you know so they don't get rid of them essentially you know there's like whole killers that you've never even really heard of start to watch those shows like interview with the murderer or interview with the killer or whatever killer speaks i think mm-hmm. is one of them like there's people on there that you ain't never even heard of that killed 20, 30 people. Um, and you think back to these things like, uh, I forget his name, Henry something, Henry Lee Hooker or something. Yeah, yeah. He uh, Sounds about right. Something like that. He 
just killing and dismembering people. There's so many of them. You know, Ramirez, Manson. You know, like Manson was a weird ass dude. Like, and he his shit was like racially driven. He was like he didn't actually even do it physically. Right. Um, a lot of people think that he killed all these people, but he wasn't even there. It's that fucking charisma. Yeah, and that's dangerous too. Like he was almost like a politician. Yeah, cult of personality is really scary. Yeah, yeah. it's a good song though. <laughs> but you know, he had all these people kill all these other people, and he was like the mastermind. And oh, hey, look, so, that was a whole Iraq war. Thanks, Bush. Yeah, yeah. They couldn't kill him for it though, because he didn't actually do anything. So he literally died in prison. Stark racist. He was trying to start like a race war. And, uh, you kill all these people and try to blame it on black people. But it's here or there. Um, there's just so many that come to mind. These people that did these terrible things. I think society's different. Like, if these people were alive in like Roman time, they would probably be some kind of a general in an army to have a statue of them somewhere. Lord I, I don't think so because the 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 antisocial personality disorder component of it, right? So yeah, some of them are charismatic sociopaths that are able to manipulate people, but by and large, I think the majority of them aren't able to function in the confines of something like a military organization or a political organization. There's not a lot like they're all kind of weird people. They they might be able to do like like I said, a cult or something like that, right? A low-level organization where they are the leader and they don't have to adhere to any other rules created by someone above them. Because I think that... Well, I think they would be the above. Like Manson. Yeah, I, I think it only works if it's the genesis. They generated that organization. I don't think that they could walk into one and climb the ranks. I think Ted Bundy no. could. It's a possibility. Um, but... Yeah, I mean that. For like ninety percent of the other ones, I don't think so. I mean, like, not walking in, but like, when society was being created, you know, like you built your first walls, you're planting crops. They're the leader, right? Yeah, if you don't have any of your eyes on you, if you don't have a full like history to juxtapose them against, sure. That's what I mean. In the, in the creation society, you know, people like them would be the leader, you know, especially Manson. If he could get all them people to go kill a bunch of people, which I'm sure there was some kind of drugs involved, you know, they're probably on LSD or something. And uh, people are way easier to manipulate when they're all high. So I'm sure that had something to do with basically the media, you know, over whatever the word is, you know, overdoes it to make yeah. glorifies glorifies it. to make it like, oh, look at this. And then people start to be like, oh, well, I kind of feel like that. Who knows, you know? But you know, you're saying something about the easy way of doing things. Like, uh, I don't think that there's room for serial killers in this day and age because there's cameras everywhere. No, oh, yeah, it's, it's difficult to get it's away with anything. Now, you know? But what is, is like school shooters, you know? They say their name on the news. They talk about why they did it. They talk about everything, and they glorify it. If there wasn't any glory, 
Nobody would even do it. If they just redacted their names. Yeah, if they didn't yep. mention their name. Yep. I don't think anybody would do it. A bunch of students were shot by someone. Some guy went and shot a bunch of Yeah, kids. some fucking loser. And then, uh... Yeah, like, you know, we don't need to understand you. We just put you in front of the firing squad and blow you away like you did them kids. Yep. Nobody knew your name. You know, that's why no one will remember your name. Yeah, I think if if I had my way, yeah, I would uh, institute something like that. Um, <clears throat> I think it's the search for fame. Like, you know, Tyler Durden said, you know, we just grew up thinking we're going to be rock stars and astronauts. The president. Yeah, they're not. They're, they're, they're narcissists. They're small people who want to be big. And, uh, and you can go out this way. Yeah, you can go out with a bang, get real big real quick. But uh, it's it's all just pop and flash. You know what I mean? Well, uh, you know what? In our our town, in Bradenton, don't do that shit here. I'm going to tell you that right now because they do not fuck around with that shit. There was a shooting on First Street kind of by the flea market. Right. Like right where my gym is. Boxing gyms behind the school. How? There's a police help right there. Why you would try to shoot anybody? There wasn't a school shooting. It was like just some beef in the street. Yeah. Um, some kids that aren't even old enough to have a gun. Kind of makes me think like, no gun control doesn't work. Because they still had it, but they're only 18. Yeah. So they got into an accident, I guess. Now, I heard this. I was at the gym. Heard them dump the mag. Freak me out. My son's here. You know, all these other kids are here. I'm the only adult. Like, oh, fuck. So I shut the doors, ran outside to see what the fuck was going on. Yep. You know? So within seconds, hear the gunshots, helicopters, fucking chaos, cops, seconds. We're talking here. What was that place where that dude with the cops didn't run in? Uvalde or some shit in Texas? Yeah. It was like they're like over an outside. hour of response time no. before someone breached. Absolutely not. I watched this unfold in real time, you know. So, Sheriff's Department, Bradenton PD, fucking SWAT team was there in minutes. And, uh, because they thought it was a school shooting. Right. They thought they were shooting at the school. So they were like, <laughs> you know, bitches were coming in hot, dude. And I was like, oh, shit, you know. So I'm watching this happen. And they got their guns out and they're fucking pulling shit out of the trunk of their car. Like shotguns, fucking ARs, and like putting on tactical vests, right. running into the school like a bunch of G's, man. And I was like, well, this ain't no Texas town. So, you know, in this big soccer field, I'm standing outside, like, oh shit, fuck's happening. Now I got responsibility. Yeah. Other kids, and there's my son. So I, I see these three guys running across the soccer field, jumping over fences. I turn to run, like, full speed. You know, I'm fat in my streets. And uh, I fucking blew out my fucking calf muscle. Like, bam! It, like, popped. And I was like, oh, fuck. Didn't let the engine warm up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't stretch or I just got there. All right. And it, like, hurt bad. So I'm fucking hobbling along trying to get to my gun in my car. So I, I still ran anyway. It was probably made it worse, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, so I got my gun. Made sure it was loaded. Put it in my belt, got my extra max, and uh, covered it up so the kids couldn't see it. And then locked the door. So I had one entrance that was open. So all the back doors were locked. 
And I'm like, on on point now. Anybody comes in here that I don't know, I'm going to be asking some questions. Anybody comes in here hot, it's going to get dusted. So don't do that shit in Bradenton, if you're listening. Don't come to Bradenton, Florida, trying to shoot up no school. Fucking serial killers. This ain't Kellogg's. Get out of here. <laughs> it, it ain't going to happen here. I guarantee it. Be smart. <laughs> I think that, um, yeah, so evil comes in many flavors, shades, you know, varying degrees of... Fifty shades of evil? Yeah, Fifty Shades of Evil. <laughs> and uh, I think topically, we all have a bit of evil in us. Definitely born with both capabilities. Yeah, I don't, I don't know that I believe we're all natural-born killers by no. most means. Capacity to kill? In self-defense, you know, not fight-or-flight response. I think your brain probably switches up chemistry a little bit and allows you to do things you wouldn't normally do. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, I've seen a video of a woman. There was an active shooter in the middle of the street. She pulls out her little pocket pistol out of her purse, dumps six or seven rounds of that motherfucker, puts him down. Gee. Yeah. Gee shit. And you don't hear about that. No. And, you know, I don't think she's evil for that. No, I think she's a hero. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she's a fucking hero. But, um, the the capacity to do evil, I think is. I think the guy that was actively shooting people in the street was evil. Yeah, yeah, he had a high capacity. Um, she, she had a low capacity. So how do you define evil? That's, that's the the eternal question, right? In almost all stories, it's good versus evil, right? Or that's that's from some religion, maybe. No, I I think like it's simple for children, right? Yeah, good guy, bad guy. Men. Or like that motherfucker's evil. I don't know. I think think it became something after religion. You most of us extrapolate evil as this sort of amorphous alien mindset or like uh, set of actions. So like we look at serial killers like oh they're evil. I like I couldn't imagine doing that. That's why they watch the shows to try to understand how to bridge that gap from good to evil. How do they get there? But I think that evil could just as easily be a lot closer to home. It's not a foreign concept. It's it's just the inaction or the ignorance of suffering, right? Explain. Like, so the the evil CEOs, right? Mm-hmm. They're not, they're, you could argue, well, they're not consciously doing these things. They're at the, the head of this corporation. And, you know, it trickles down and they don't know exactly where all the resources are getting sourced from. Like, yeah, they fucking do. That's part of the business plan, right? Yeah. You can't extrapolate yourself from that situation. There is there is always going to be suffering at some point. And I think that the evil component of it is pulling yourself out of that, being ignorant, not intervening or you know, making a, a stand. Right. On purpose. Yeah, they might not be cognizant of it. Like you couldn't go around Jeff Bezos couldn't go around living his day-to-day life 24 hours a day thinking about all the suffering that he's ultimately accountable for you couldn't do it your mind's mm-hmm. not equipped for that all right just as our brains aren't equipped to recognize numbers like googleplex or trillion we can't we can't visualize that our brains just won't do it a dozen sure a hundred yeah you start thinking about a thousand people gets weird mm-hmm. more than that it's crazy so you couldn't 
exist with that level of intense suffering and guilt and empathy nonstop. They just were not made for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't, I don't think, excuse us from helping where we can, making uh, a point on something, right? Like today, you could start fighting injustice, right? Fighting evil on some level, right? Whether you're giving, I don't know, uh, the emotional help to uh, a friend or um, joining some sort of group, you know, of victims for whatever thing, right? Allocating some of your resource and time to to helping bring people out of out of that suffering, but evil in itself, I think, is like I said that that lack of initiative to stop or cease uh, human suffering, or not just human suffering, but like you know, animal cruelty plays in that as well. I like animals more than people. Yeah, for sure, they're sweet, but even animals are capable of some intense evil. You talked about. Um, who uh, Ted Bundy was a necrophilia? Mm. Yeah, otters do that. Oh fuck! I forgot about otters. Yeah, <laughs> I <laughs> totally was going to talk about otters. Yeah, yeah, otters. otters are the epitome of evil. But then Terrible they can thing. they can be cute. You see little otters playing with their balls. I don't give a fuck if they're cute. They're terrible creatures. Inherently evil. Evil rats. Yeah, they're lot... fucking horrible. Yeah, a lot of people don't think about that. So now otters are a lot, a lot of cute. people don't know about that. Right? I think I brought that up to you, right? You didn't really know that otters were fucking evil. You you mentioned it in passing, and then I looked into it. And was like, these are the fucking most terrible. You came over later and was like, otters are fucking terrible. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're straight up villains. Nightmare fuel. Nightmare fuel. They're terrible creatures. They like, I was telling this about my wife. She was asking me what we we're going to do today. And I was like, one of the questions that we had for the show was, does evil exists in the animal world right for the most part it's just instinct this species lives off of that species you know uh, dinosaurs ate other dinosaurs uh, one dinosaur ate plants so every everything has to destroy something to live yeah essentially and it's just the way of the world otters are dicks man they like just take things under the water like other animals just to watch them drown and see what it looks like like they're naturally curious things so they'll like kill this thing take it under there watch it drown and then play with its dead body and probably fuck it yeah they like have sex with baby seals until they die for like what was the article? How many hours? It was like, like four eight hours, hours straight. <laughs> it's wild. Fucking fourteen hours. So they're just pile driving this baby seal until it dies. They fucked it to death. Yeah, that's evil. I don't care. They're how you sadists. Cut. The word sadist came from otter. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> like <Otterist>. Sadistic <laughs> otter fuck. Yeah. Terrible little creatures, man. You know, and then people can be like, Oh, but they're cute and like, once they find a mate, they, like, hold hands and float. Yeah, well, to find that mate, they fuck millions of other creatures. Even themselves. Like, the boys fuck each other. And right. have battle, like, fights about who's going to fuck who. Otters are, like, masculine gay creatures that make you have sex with them. They're rapists. 
Yeah, basically like a like a necrophiliac rapist Spartan. I'm going to start calling bad people otter. Fucking otter. <laughs> like, See, I what? think I think that's there's a there's a slang term for like homosexual men being like otters, wolves, bears. Like otter is definitely one of those terms for like a a slender built, I think, uh gay man who's like slightly hairy or something like that they've, they've got a whole no, i never heard of that yeah if they're anything like an otter then they're horrible evil people yeah i think we should um switch that term around no more no more otters for them that has too many negative connotations Terrible otters. Yeah, yes people people out there otters are horrible horrible things anyway so maybe some people out there have otters as their spirit animals without realizing it what was that movie where your soul was like an animal was on the outside of you. Oh, shit. The golden compass. Oh, that's what it is. You ever see that? I I don't think I ever really paid attention to it. The the Norse actually had the filga, um, which is your animal spirit. Yeah. So I know my daughter's animal spirit's a sloth, but uh, <laughs> is that meant to be like offensive or no? She's just it's a sloth. So that's a cool man. Yeah, I mean they're cute and cuddly, but they're slow as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I think Hunter is a slow, a slow. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think. Uh, <laughs> I think that um, there are some basic concepts and like biological settings for us that let us be a little bit more predisposed towards evil. So, if you think about like the evil of greed, we and this is why I said fear and greed are probably like neck and neck as far as like the chief. Uh, evils of the world um or dri- at least maybe not evils but like the driving factor behind any everything we do it's like fear or like power right mm-hmm. money equals power allows you to control your environment is, so you're no longer is money the root of all evil? no 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 it's it's fear like being weak right being able or sorry not being able to control your environment right money power power allows you to control your environment whether it's your circumstance for living or the people around you, whatever it is, like that's, I think, the driving force. And uh, it makes sense that we want more as people. We want more food. We want more living space. We want more sexual partners, right? Just because this allows us to propagate, like continue life. Mm-hmm. That's the whole fucking cycle is, is reproduction. The more power we have, the better our chances for successful reproduction the less chance that we are going to be you know abused or overcome by someone else right in in whatever aspect right you have nice rich houses in the nice part of the city you know what i mean away from crime now i'm sure that was historically the same thing with how cities were built historically you know the peasants live on the outskirts of the city out the farms out the slums um you live close to the king in the middle of the city, safer, nicer houses, uh, safer. And so I think that greed is uh, kind of inherent to evil because we we go beyond our means, right? We have everything that we need to live, right? But then that biological component says, yeah, but you could live more. You yeah. know? Um, I think uh, Wonder Woman 1984 had Pedro Pascal, the antagonist, where he's like trying to get his wish voice up on the the radio or internet or whatever. And he's like, life is good, but it could be better. Yeah. 
I know uh, if you believe in religion, that greed is one of the seven deadly sins. Oh, I think religion definitely brought light to like what is good, what is evil. But then there's a cultural aspect, you know, like some cultures eat people. Some cultures used to sacrifice human sacrifice to the gods. And then when, you know, another culture came to that country, they were like, you can't do that. And they're like, we've always done this, you know? So, I mean, I don't know who's right, who's wrong. I don't think it's necessarily right to kill people, but if you've always done it, like sacrifice them to whatever God, for whatever reason, that's just the way that it is. Who's to say that it's wrong? If it's always been, you know? I mean, Western society is based on one religion, mostly. Um, but, like, that same religion is so blood-soaked that it's ridiculous. Yeah, there's, and even the the foundation of it, like, you know, concept of original sin, um, it, it's, it provides you a scapegoat, right? It's yeah. the devil's machinations that are, his dark whispers are corrupting you and tempting you to do bad things. But you're not, you're not inherently evil, right? The original sin was cleared from you because of Jesus, but it's the devil. He's the antagonist. He's the scapegoat, and it's easy to just put blame. Well, I was under the influence of Satan. What was that, dude? It was like a senator or uh, some politician who was like sucking dicks in glory holes. And he's like, oh, I was being tempted by Satan. I mean, the story is old as time. That's, <laughs> that's happened plenty of times before. But, uh, and with, say, like the South, like the Mesoamerican religions where they're dealing sacrifices, like human sacrifices, like the scapegoat. Oh, it's not me. It's like the gods demand it. You know what I mean? Mm. Someone down the line had the original thought. Well, eh, someone's got to go because, you know, I really don't like Steve. And, yeah. uh, I'm sure if we got rid of Steve, I could make up some, some story that'd be a good thing. There was like, a, I forget where it was, but somewhere there was a river. And they did human sacrifices upriver, and then oh, it was in it was in Fight Club. That's where I got it from. I remember now. Um, the people would wash their clothes in one side of the river, and their clothes would become cleaner because of the lie, yeah, from the fat of people that they sacrificed. We collect in this one area, and that's how you make soap. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know, dude. Like, how to define evil? Like, uh, is it a one singular thing, or is it you're just born that way, or is it a choice? And I think that choice definitely, you believe in religion, uh, free will is a thing. In that, no, you can make the choice to be that way, or you can make the choice to not, you know? I don't really know. I'm not overly religious. Um, I think that definitely religion has kind of 
put it like you know maybe in perspective or it's polarized it it's it's put it out into the world where you have something to blame it on i guess yeah um definitely like uh, identified like this spectrum i guess but even still you have uh characters in the bible that sacrifice their kids to god so well you know you yeah. say that the culture might have deemed that normal but that's yeah. evil to me yeah fuck you could look at you could read the bible and be like god was kind of a dick you know like you endure this wrath wrath is a sin he's, isn't he's as evil as <laughs> any of the characters in the story yeah. maybe more so you know because um, he has he has the power to control it right power is evil or, or not using your power for good having all that power and not stopping evil yeah. uh, makes me think of like alien Anthem. it's a great name for the band but like you know essentially we're probably an alien Anthem. yeah um so you could talk about free will and choice but you gotta look at how much free will you actually have when your thought processes and decision making is is really heavily influenced by chemicals Right. When you're high off on PCP, you're not doing the same shit you normally do. Yeah. So same thing with like, you know, depression and anxiety that people have. It's like, yeah, you could say, all right, just, just be happy. Mind over matter. Decide to be happy. Well, brain don't really work that way. You know? So I think a lot of this evil can be a biological opponent. Um, and that's probably a, a lesser evil. Some of these serial killers that were just broken from the get go have less i guess accountability for their own actions as to people who are completely cognizant and sound of mind and then choose to do the worst thing hmm. yeah um like if you watch like criminal minds you know, that's a fictional show but i'm sure it's based on a lot of truth you know mm-hmm. uh, a lot of these people in the show are like it's their first kill you know call them like fledgling killers and then they kill again because they really liked it you know, there's a lot of like uh, sadism and sexual release when I guess this happens mm-hmm. so they uh, hone their craft sort of you know uh, or you think of like uh, Dexter that was a great show yeah it's a good show uh, he kind of like his dad was a cop. Again, it's fiction, but could be. You know, he has this like homicidal urge, you know, that he can't like stop. Builds and builds and builds and builds, and then he has to do it. So his dad was a cop, so he kind of taught him like, if you're going to have to kill someone, kill someone who's terrible, kill an evil person. So he's almost a vigilante then, you know. Um, I think that that could be a thing. Uh, so he like does all this research and finds these people that are doing these terrible things, and then he removes them. So is he good or is he evil? That that's a whole discussion as to like the potential for rehabilitation. Um, you know, a, a lot of these people probably are, are making the decision to do bad on a daily basis, um, and can they be persuaded? to then choose to do the right thing in the vast majority of situations. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I would tend to say that there's a, a line 
you know, probably a pretty fat gray line somewhere, but that if once crossed, you cannot have forgiveness for all of your sins. You know what I mean? Like if you go, you know, sexually abuse and kill a child, sorry, you pass that line. Not sorry. Yeah. I don't think that you can, you can come back from, you can't wipe those stains away from your ledger. If you do anything to a kid, you're a fucking asshole and you need to have it done to you. Kids don't have a choice. No, but even still, like if that was a, a 25 year old woman who still just physically can't get out of that altercation. I mean, we, we have the stigma to like protect children. That's thank God we have that. Like, also built into our DNA and like uh, but yeah if, if they kill a 25 year old woman I don't think it was always there though it's weird there's kind of, kind of studies uh, that like and this is, this is weird this gets into like browsing over eugenics to some degree but there's there's been studies that suggest that uh, we perceive Asians because of how their facial structures are set is very reminiscent of like babies like they have softer features like rounder faces mm-hmm. you know smaller noses like bigger eyes we tend to think that they resemble babies and we have like a predisposition to be more gentle with them in in some ways yeah i can see that yeah it, it's it's crazy uh you know so you wonder if that was an, an environmental factor right were they just did they get rounder faces and you know all these other features because of the weather there or did they socially evolve because they were treated better to some degree you know mm-hmm. there was less inherent um or there was there was more inherent restriction to do harm to them i i don't know but it, it was there's been studies that have been done and uh i just thought that was interesting um I mean, so, you know, talk about like protecting kids it wasn't always that case well i think that is like like that's an inherent thing it's like we we have a drive to protect children are are young no matter who it is i mean like spartacus days you know there was like a little boy that was in the bathhouse so he's politicians for said reason you know it's like terrible the same thing with epstein island like there there there's a capacity for it was just a thing and people knew about it and nobody did shit you know in like ancient times so this shit's been around forever but yeah, I I think there's still even a a bit of a gap between like a baby, like a toddler, to like a younger, you know, uh, approaching towards teenage years. But uh, really dark stuff, right? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's terrible. It's inherent to history, and I, I think that stupid. that greed, that that desire for reproduction, and like that release of like so there was a sexual release to a lot of murder. I think that sexual um motivators sexual gratification is is probably one of the largest driving forces for all all, (laughs) almost all of the the worst evils that we see you know outside of war but like on a personal level you can't really extract it from some sort of sexual gratification that whole uh situation you ever see uh that show Outlander. Yeah. All of it. I think I got like season three. Remember when the, the general dude like had Red Jamie in the prison cell? No. No. He was like torturing him. He, he was a sadist, mm-hmm. like real bad. He was gay and he was a sadist. And uh, he didn't want to just rape him. Right? So he wanted to torture him until he led him, you know, 
it's a thing and it still exists yeah unfortunately uh i don't know if we can reach a point where we overcome evil uh, genetically i think we have to you know kind of uh like, like equilibrium mm. right you, you got to take medication daily to modify your, your thoughts behaviors actions to try to drown yourself of emotion because that's what leads you to do irrational things you know it's not rational a lot of times to do evil you know yeah that's why like crimes of passion are, are reduced charges judicially right yeah it's like you yeah he was in a wild emotional state fight or flight response whatever he wasn't thinking soundly so it's not like he was insane but he wasn't of normal state of mind so i think in some situation like equilibrium um mm -hmm. you probably see less arguable existences of evil right less crimes of passion less gratification less um you know shame and guilt and anger and everything else demolition man there's a there's a few good films going over that uh idea and exploring it in pretty interesting and entertaining ways but as far as a proof of concept for our future i think we've got a lot of work to do and i think that it's it's really hard to fight the status quo when evil is working out so well for those in power mm -hmm. and they've got all of this way so yeah hopefully but i'm not gonna hold my breath yeah, me either um i don't know how to distinguish who is and who isn't you know um i guess maybe action would distinguish you know because you can't see people's thoughts no um, i'm sure there's plenty of people that walk around doing good arguably good but have evil thoughts you know just me. behind them that's me i uh think about the most terrible things a lot you know most of the time it's more like uh if this happened how would i react sort of situation it's like a role play more than like me doing evil it's like okay well this guy does this I'm gonna do that you know but I, I think about these horrible things all the time uh, I'm not really like an evil person in these thoughts but it's more like me fighting evil I guess I don't know but I walk around like thinking about shit all the time um, I used to do that as a kid a lot a younger adult all the time but Again, we're, by and large, removed from a lot of those evil situations. and uh, We don't have any great wars to fight yet. No. You could go your whole life without really getting into another one of those encounters where you are able to display your heroism. No. Right? Yeah. So I think that the evil is the, the low, smoldering... You know, like you go you know, volunteer and, and box, right? Give boxing lessons to kids, stuff like that help them defend themselves and give them some sort of life lessons you know along the way physically uh facilitate them to be like more healthy individuals but that's that's the good of our nature right that's the small but positive influences on the world so if you had spent your time doing nothing but just consuming media that makes you feel certain ways but never really giving back 
I think that's that's a modicum of evil. And it could be, uh, I mean, complacency. I think media's fucking sludge that fucks your brain up too much, you know. Just why I don't think that watching CSI shows nonstop is good for you. No, it's not. And like TikTok's not good. You know, instant gratification's not good. Um, talk about suffering a lot. You know, like suffering doesn't have to mean like someone's doing something to you. You can do it to yourself. Like if you want abs, and what's the fastest way to get abs? Why does it gotta be fast? You know, why can't it be hard? Like me, I judge things on difficulty level. You know, you have to play a video game, you have to level up your character. You can't go to the hardest mission right out of the gate, you just die. So you gotta go work out, you gotta go get stronger, you gotta go get better weapons. You know, you start at level one, by the time you get to the end, you're like level 99 and you're like the baddest man on the planet. So, you know, you have to go through some level of suffering to be better, I think. So if it was easy to get abs, everybody would just be walking around looking like Spartans, you know? Yeah, perseverance. Um, Hard, is, suffering, pain. Yeah, it, it's a virtue, I think. Even like Benjamin Franklin, in one of his um, you know, 11 dogmas or whatever, like perseverance is, is one of them. But yeah, but suffering, in instituting suffering on yourself to make yourself better, I, I think is not evil, right? But instituting suffering on someone else for your benefit is evil. Is yes, and that yeah. that's on any any level uh, that you can cut it, right? It's infantismal. And I think that we need it be divided forever, right? Mm-hmm. You can take something in half and divide it forever. And I think that at the, the smallest levels, we we as a society, as humanity, as having self-awareness and cognizance of our actions and now that we know like chemistry plays a lot into our uh, actions and thought making processes we need to be more cognizant about um how our actions influence others how our consumption influences others and uh really you know whether it's for global warming or whether it's for uh, unfair labor practices or whether it's for just a matter of hurting people's feelings you know what i mean being a dick online like it, it may seem harmless to troll people online and you know write these terrible things as so many clickbait um articles but at the end of the day like you're still putting negativity out there you're causing someone distress on some level mm-hmm. and i think that you just we didn't do away with it like if you're getting upset at something don't reciprocate with more upsetness unless like it's absolutely warranted and there's so many times that we regurgitate suffering because we've had to suffer at the hands of someone else and it's an yeah. unnecessary evil yeah it, it is like your first reaction right? for sure it's it's easy to do the wrong thing it's hard you, to do the uh, right thing you have to train yourself or whatever you want to call it to not react immediately it's like our, our episode that you harkened back to earlier, why we were so hard on each other and joke and yeah, <laughs> demean yeah. each other because at the end of the day, we're, we're building each other up through adversity. Right. You know, and, uh, and it's funny at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, a little endorphin kick. So I try to not, re- like, 
act on my first thought process a lot because you know like you see riots online or whatever you know and they're for some dumbass reason and like I just don't fucking understand it. you know your first reaction is to be like fuck these people and you know, like want to run out in the street like if it's in your neighborhood you want to run out in the street participate or, or or defend or whatever you know and I'm like if I do that, some shit's gonna happen. Then I have to overanalyze everything. So I ended up sitting, sitting there, like thinking about it over and over in different scenarios. What's gonna happen? You know, that's not always the case. You can't always, like, if you're in there, you know, and like they're outside your house or whatever, then you have to react. Sometimes you have to go with your gut, but like, I try to always ask questions about everything. You know, my son had something last night we were at dinner, you know, and he has all this like weird knowledge that I don't even know about. You know, like coconut crabs. You ever seen these things? Oh, they're they're they're, they're funny. Terrifying. Uh, I saw a video of a guy hiking over on this uh, island in Japan and he has to keep paddle boards out to these abandoned places and uh he was camping out there one night and he heard some like clawing outside his tent, he goes outside at like midnight finds this big ass coconut crab it's probably you know like a, an entire cubic foot and it's taking a steak knife that it used to fillet his fish or whatever and crabs walk around this knife in his hand like he's gonna shank him they're scary i didn't have no idea they were fucking huge like that you know clip that edit cut that cut that cut that um i had no idea they were that big you know so he's like okay dad survival scenario you have to fight you can't run eight coconut crabs or a grizzly bear and i'm like do i have a weapon do i have a gun no no gun um in, in my life i have all these questions I'm like do i have my my dress do i have boots on i mean yeah do it you know can you want to kick a coconut crab stub your toe <laughs> can i yeah have that fucker cut it all yeah you know, they can cut through coconuts they're so huge these things I had no idea what the fuck these were. I'm thinking like little, I had no idea that they were that fucking big. You know, they're giant, these things. And their claws are huge and they can like cut coconuts in half and that's why they call them coconut crabs. And they have like a lobster tail. Terrifying little things, you know. They look like a big ass weird alien spider thing. Um, so like instantly, because I didn't know what the fuck it was, I was like, crabs. He's like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, it's like it's a crap. Do I have boots on? Stomp on these fucking things, you know? And he's like, shows me a picture of this dude holding a crab. And I'm like, that's them? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, holy shit. He's like, maybe I need to rethink this, you know? So then I started asking more questions. And uh, I'm like, am I on like an island, you know, with the crabs? Is there like sticks and shit laying around? Is there like a log that I can grab? Looks like a baseball bat. And he's like, well, yeah, you're on an island. And, you know, whatever you can grab. And I'm like, I'm going with the crabs. How many crabs are there? You know, he's like, eight. I'm like, yeah, I'm going with the crabs. Because they're not probably all that fast. And they don't have big-ass cutting claws, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to smash the shit out of these crabs and be eating crab for dinner. Fucking grizzly bear. They're way bigger than you. Yeah, your dinner. Your dinner. You know, at least with the crabs, you got a chance. I think that um, 
so you're talking about riots and like i've thought about that there you go you want to be a social justice warrior for some things right you got to make a stand at some point for injustice that's why we have revolutions and they're not always a bad thing right you got to change the status quo uh yeah, we talked about yeah we, we talked about like war and like whether violence can actually be a solution to a problem and i think that at some point sure but for a lot of these riots that we've seen the last several years and historically right you're you're talking about if i'm at my home or you're going through your thoughts you know while you're going about your day what would i do in the situation you're coming from a uh untempered like logical point of view you don't have all those different stimuli mob mentality is like such a powerful instigator for evil acts yeah, right? yeah when you're in that mob you're no longer thinking soundly and your thoughts on your thoughts they are the mob's thoughts and right. you instantly demonize the other so in your situation with the crabs and grizzly bear one of you is the other right crab doesn't mean shit i'll brain it with a stick or a rock bear doesn't mean shit he's just something that's attacking me right it's not right. another individual you don't have a grievance against it it's just self-defense but right. in the mob mentality you could easily justify that uh, or have it justified for you that this is all self-defense we are a hostile force using violence for our own defense and i think there's plenty of ways you can get around that I, I think that you can overcome injustice through the proper channels yeah um, well that's what i mean by question yeah you you always have like to question whoever yourself. was like leading the mob i'd be like hey why are we doing this <laughs> you know oh it's because they killed this guy i'm like okay well, why did they kill him you know was there a reason well well he shot at the cops well they shot him because he was shooting at them? Well, yeah. Well, I'm not doing this. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you... They probably killed him because he was trying to kill them. What would you do? You've you've got to ask questions. You've got to expand your awareness. Critical and, thinking is important. Yeah. So whether it's the mob that's going on downtown two blocks away from you, or whether it's ethically, we have there's a lot of uh, marketing ploys for like ethically sourced or sustainably sourced uh, products. I think that that's something that we should pay attention to. And I think that they could be more stringent in how they get this uh, nomenclature and like identify that, oh, we're sustainably sourced tuna. So, well, actually, like these tuna are in a, a big farm over in uh, Marsh in Scotland and they're swimming in circles from the day they're born to the day they die. They're being eaten by parasites, literally like zombie fish swimming around with parasites actively eating their brain like those fish are suffering granted their food stuff they're going to be killed at some point but the fact that they live their entire life in this small circle in this cage yeah. suffering yeah we we don't we um, don't need that there's better ways to do stuff kind of makes me think like vegetarians you know they like don't eat meat mm -hmm. but they'll eat fish that's pescatarian Whatever it is. Yeah. I don't know what the difference is, but they like, I don't eat animals that can suffer. But what about fish? Do they not feel pain? Do bugs feel pain? For don't sure, yeah. Uh, that's why vegans, like, so a vegan doesn't consume any animal products. Yeah. And you'll see even, like, their colognes and stuff like that, whatever body. Oh, wait, don't they? Which one is it? Holy shit.
which one is it that uh, I have chickens now, you know, so they lay eggs. So vegetarians, they uh, don't eat meat, but they'll st- still eat like eggs and stuff like that because they recognize it. Somebody told me recently because I have eggs that, you know, I don't have a rooster, so they still lay eggs. Right. So they look at these eggs as um, vegan eggs or yeah, they're, vegetarian eggs because yeah, so, they're not fertilized. Right. There's no active life inside them. They're just matter, right? Not like conscious, not feeling. So a lot of vegetarians will eat eggs and other dairy products, stuff like that, because it's you're not killing a creature to consume it. Right. Anyway, back to uh, what we're talking about. Yeah. So like vegans will... Um, try to sustainably source and that's kind of why they have this like they have this superiority complex oh i'm a vegan i do crossfit and like i don't i don't eat animals because it's wrong and like you know yeah they probably all talk like that (laughs) i think that was that one video where the dude's like making fun of the starbucks girl oh totally totally yeah i love the video oh it's not how you actually talk oh i'm not talking like that yeah valley girl mentality yeah, and that's that's actually part of their, their mob mentality. They're identifying with this subculture. Um, but I don't think that's wrong. Like, the vegans can have completely healthy lifestyles, right? They get all of their nutrients and vitamins in an ethical way. Vitamins. Yeah, I, I think that's awesome. Um, I like meat, but, you know, how you do you? Yeah, and your, your body tells you that that's good. So, like, we love fats, we love sugars, we love savory flavors because it's more nutrient-dense for us. I just like the way it tastes. Yeah, you're, you're made like the way it tastes. Like, we're omnivores. We're, we're made mm-hmm. to eat meat and uh, I mean, plants. Technically, stuff. you don't have to, to live, but I like it, so. Yeah, we're, we're beyond survival, so we're able to Choose create. what we want. Yeah, we, we can. whole world could exist. No, no, as man, a cheeseburgers are good. You know? So fucking good. Steak is good. I had steak and shake the other day. Fuck yeah. I would not like to live a life without that. Me neither, because cheeseburgers are fucking awesome. Yeah, but what if you, you change that status quo? And so now, in the future, there is no eating meat. We're all eating beans and carrots and stuff. Yeah, but if we don't know any different, it's probably but awesome. I do know different. Now, yeah. You mean like if I'm not alive? Like like future, you know. Future society, when we figured that shit out, we're all vegans. I can't do nothing about that, but we, like me. We move beyond the, the I mean, okay, evil. You know, we did the prepping episode, you know. Um, beans have pro- protein. You know, peanut butter has protein. Uh, I have a whole bunch of that shit. Rice and beans, staple. And you can totally live off of that shit for fucking ever, almost. You know. Um, That's yeah. what I mean. I I think we could move if we could move beyond. And this is entirely capable. It's possible. We have the technology. We just need the willpower and societal shift to do it. Like we could all be vegan, and then we don't have to kill animals or cause suffering within their natural lifespans they could just exist beside us you see wild cows running out fields instead of like in a fenced off pasture right Mm. um or chickens in like a small cube for their entire life cycle it's terrible um yeah yeah, but we could reach that point i think that maybe we could reach that point where like violence by and large and causing suffering like we we get to the point where we realize oh yeah corporations and all of this soul-sucking grinding labor is we don't need it right we have automation between technology i think we could reach a point and the, the utopia where 
evil is just that one-off concept instead of like the serial killer, someone just born wrong instead mm -hmm. of just being part of society. I don't think utopia is possible. I'll keep hoping. I mean, I hope so. That'd be awesome to not have all this bullshit to deal with all the time. But I just don't think that it's anywhere close. If it is possible, it's, you know, millennia away. I don't think we're going to make it that long. I don't think so either. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So, be kind to one another. Show empathy. Walk in their shoes. Take, uh, take thought experiments. What would you do in these situations? Try to prevent yourself from falling into a, a false narrative. You know, think for yourself. Your critical thinking skills. Don't let someone else think for you because they likely don't have your best intentions at mind. Don't believe everything that you hear without doing your own research. Both sides. Right? So, left, right, middle, whatever. Look into both sides. From CNN, Fox News, look into both. Right? Um, make the best choices that you can. Do what you think is right. Because most of the time that it is, go with your gut. Yeah, we all have a conscience, and it's pretty reliable. Yeah, your gut's usually right. If it feels wrong, don't do it. We had a fucking instance where one of the new kids boxing, um, one of the, the guy he was sparring with was putting on his glove, and the bell rang. And, like, we've been telling him, like, you know, if we say it, do it. Because it's there then and not later. So, you know, the coach was like, don't wait, hit him. Well, he hit him. And it pissed that dude off. And, like, he fucking wrecked that kid. Put him on the ground. Fucking was, like, pummeling him. We had to pull him off. You know? And I'm like, he's like, you know, when he told me to do it, I was like, should I really do it? And I'm like, if it feels wrong, don't do it. Yeah, well, I was just following orders, sir. Yeah, that's bullshit. I'm just told to throw that baby like a catapult in the air and shoot with a machine yeah, gun. If it feels wrong, it is wrong. That's what I told the kid. You know? Um, put put yourself in their shoes, man. You get that little, like, butterfly feeling. That's telling you, don't do that. You know, this is not right. So on that note... Join us Friday as we go over pronouns, gender identity, and biological sex. That's a touchy one, huh? Oh, it's very touchy. In the words of Major Payne, tomorrow, ladies, we start the hard stuff.